When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What adult television show do you remember watching as a kid? Um, which is an interesting question. 651-641-1071. What adult TV show did you watch as a kid? And uh, you're listening to The Colleen and Bradley Show. It's the second hour of our program today, this Thursday. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts, along with Grant today. And, Holly, you might be asking yourself, self, why... Well, actually, you would be asking yourself, Brad, why are we asking this question? Brad, why are we asking this question? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I saw a tweet, and actually, you and I both had this question, right? So uh, I saw a tweet from uh, our wonderful listener, Andrew, and it was a retweet uh, of a person who said, I think a thing that young people could not possibly understand about Gen X and older millennials is that our entire personalities were shaped by watching shows that weren't at all for us or even interesting to us just because they were on. And um, our listener, Andrew, referenced uh, Falcon Crest. He said, this thread is the truest thing you'll read on the Internet today. Why was I watching Falcon Crest when I was eight? And <laughs> and it got me thinking, and I know, Holly, you were um, thinking about uh, it in a very similar way. Like... I thought all to myself, like, I just, I think all I was watching was adult TV programs. Like, I don't know that, with the exception of, like, Fraggle Rock. Yes. I wasn't really watching a lot of children's programming. That's because there wasn't a lot of programming specifically made for children. True. At, le- at least on network television. Absolutely. You had to wait until... That's why Saturday morning cartoons were such a big darn deal back yeah. in the day. Because they were talking to us directly. They were. And that was the only time on network television schedules that were directly talking to the kids, to the youth. That's why it was so exciting. Because every other time it was like, what's on Sunday morning? The McLaughlin Group. I mean, I watched <laughs> but, it. But see, you would I sit down. And, but you would sit down and you Wrong! would watch it anyway. Ellen, or you'd be watching like or oh, Eleanor. Meet the press, Eleanor Clift. or or anything like that. So it Sunday was Sunday morning. Sunday mornings, man. And then you know you had cable television if you were lucky enough, and then then you could tap into Nickelodeon and some other programming specifically for kids. But now. You know, it's the world is your children's television programming oyster. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. And Grant, feel free to jump in if we've got some listeners. We do. We have four calls ready to go. So whenever you want, let's do it. Roll into them. Who we got first? All right. First, we have Dawn. Hey, Dawn. Okay, Dawn. What TV show for adults do you remember watching as a kid? Okay. Before I get into that, I will mention they did have the after school special program. Yeah, that's that's true. true. You're absolutely yeah. right. But anyways, um, I'm I'm of the older, I'm in the baby boomer generation. And so when I was growing up, it was the 50s. And adult TV was nothing like it is today. I mean, I love Lucy. Father knows best. I mean, all the wholesome 
goofy shows, you know? Yeah. And the sad thing about that, you were saying that a lot of people, you know, kind of make their lives like that. That's what we thought, a lot of us thought our lives should be. So when we really got out there in the real world, that's, that's not what it was like. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you didn't find it's that you're... Not at all. Right? Like your friend's parents maybe weren't sleeping in separate beds, unlike... Uh... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe they weren't even sleeping with each other. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, um, uh, like, you didn't, you didn't wear a nice dress with pearls around your neck like Mrs. Cleaver did. And, you know, yeah. But anyways, the, the adult programs back when I was growing up were just marshmallow. So... Yeah. They, yeah, a little so different totally today different than what people would be doing nowadays. Well, thanks for your call. Yes, thanks, Don. Yeah, thanks. Have, it's a good show, and I like the question. Thank you. Again, the question is, what adult TV show did you watch as a kid? Who else do we have on the line, Grant? Jeremy is with us now. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm great today. How's everybody? Good. good. What What adult TV show did you watch as a kid, Jeremy? Well, my mind went a little bit different than what you were explaining there. But when I would go sleep over at Grandpa and Grandma's, Grandpa loved Benny Hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That counts. So I got to watch Benny Hill only when I was at Grandpa's. <laughs> and, and I'm sure your parents were none too happy about it. <laughs> I don't think they even know because it's just, it was Benny Hill and uh, Hogan's Heroes were his two favorite shows. Oh, yeah. So Hogan's... I got to watch that with them, and Hogan Heroes is now my favorite show. So Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Jeremy. Yeah. Hogan's Heroes is yeah. definitely uh, one of those... Uh, adult TV shows in terms of like, if you're a kid, you're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, where are they? Yeah, what's going on? Like, it's World no War Two, and they're in a prison camp. What? what? A guy in a mon- with a monocle. Like, we're laughing at this. Oh, I just don't... doesn't make any sense. And Benny Hill, don't even get me started. Oh. I remember watching that show, thinking like, I don't understand why these naked women are chasing this man around. <sighs> a mystery to this day. Yeah. At Benny Hill. <laughs> Who else we got on the phone, Grant? All right, we have Nicole. Again, uh, if you guys are just joining us, we're asking, what adult TV show did you watch as a kid? Nicole, what did you watch? I watched Fantasy Island and The Love Boat. Oh, yes. Saturday night. Yeah. Did, did you have a favorite? You just loved them both equally. Loved them both equally because my dad worked Saturday evening, so my mom and I, that was like our viewing appointments and she would make homemade malts with fresh strawberries Ooh! wait did you say friday or saturday saturday okay because i always forgot so it was fantasy island was love boat on first and then fantasy island yep yeah i knew it was friday or saturday Mm mm-hmm yeah. All right. Those I are think two. I turned that one of those on like a week ago, and I was like, "The love boat is so bad." Like when you watch it now. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely horrible. And I don't know if you've ever had the chance uh, in the last few years to watch an episode of Fantasy Island. It makes no sense. <laughs> I have not, but I should get on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. even know if you can find it anywhere online. Um, but I watched an episode of Fantasy Island a couple years ago and was like, I don't, I think this, are they on drugs? What's going on? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for your call. Thanks, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was the 70s, Bradley. No, but like yes. there was a low bar when it came to like keeping the audience's attention. All you had to do is throw some like hallucinogenic light uh <laughs> like dreamscapes on the screen and people were like, Ooh, it's magic. The seventies, man. The seventies. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, Grant, we have one more person on the line. Yeah. Benjamin, we have two, but if we oh, got, time no, we got two. time. Yeah. Yep. Benjamin is with us right now. All right. Hey, Benjamin. Hey, Benjamin. What, uh, hello. 
What TV well, show did you love watching as a kid? <laughs> well, it was a genre, really, the the daytime soaps. My mom watched hmm. uh, all my children in General Hospital, so so did I. Did you have a favorite? Uh, General Hospital. General Hospital, yeah. I feel like every family had like the show, like they were uh, all in the fam or uh, all in the all my children family or a General Hospital family, or a Young and the Restless family, Days of Our Lives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Th- thanks, Benjamin. Thanks, Benjamin. Thanks. All right, who's our last call, Grant? Our last call is Tammy. Hey, Tammy. What adult TV show did you love watching as a kid? Um, it, it was actually a talk show. It was uh, Phil Donahue, and it was. Oh yeah. I remember the one where a lady gave birth live on his show, and my mom let me watch that. Oh my god, yes. I don't remember that one. No, I don't remember that one either. But yeah, this, what was it about Phil Donahue, Tammy, that you thought was so compelling when you were a kid? Um, I mean the range of topics, and <laughs> I couldn't believe that my mom would let me watch some of that. Right? Like, they were pretty scandalous, right? Like, it was everything from giving birth to, like, strippers and, like, weird cult members. Yeah, and, I mean, he was no Geraldo, I'll tell you that. But, I mean, you know, he was he was just real interesting. And another thing is the soap operas that that previous person just mentioned. My mom named my one of my sisters after a character on General Hospital. Oh, oh. so she was a big fan of the soaps. That's pretty sad, though. I mean, I wouldn't want to be known as that. You know, who are you named after? Oh, somebody on General Hospital. Well, I guess it depends on who they named, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a good a good person or like one of the evil <laughs> evil twin sisters of somebody. Yeah. It was, it was actually a girl named Heather. I don't I don't know I don't remember that character, but that's my sister's name. Well, hopefully, uh, your sister and the character turned out to be great people. So. So far, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, great. All right. Oh, thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Thank Tammy, you. for your call. And thanks to everybody who called to answer our question. Holly, I'm going to just uh, ask you, what was your favorite adult TV show as a kid? Oh my gosh, literally everything. But I will say that I was very much a fan of the block of programming on Nick at Night. Mm. Things like Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Bum, bum, bum. Uh... Dennis the Menace? No? That doesn't count. That's a kid. But Dennis the Menace was on Nickelodeon and Nick at Night. That's true. I, well, I used to, I say that because I used to watch it when I came home from school. And, and it's kind of like an unrelatable kids show in a way, right? Because it was so right. out of touch. But Yeah. Um, Grant, yes. a, adult TV show that you watched as a kid? Everything I watched was adult. I was an only child, so I had no choice in the matter. It was mm-hmm. just whatever my parents were watching. I think you might have experienced that too mm-hmm. a little bit, Bradley. But like China Beach, NYPD Blue. Oh, so you got to see Dennis Franz's butt cheeks yes, as a kid. Yes, I remember Lucky. when they broke that, that whole barrier of uh, nudity after 9 o'clock. Yeah, and my, that was a big deal. My dad and I sat down with popcorn, and I thought it was weird because I was like 10, and he's like, let's watch nudity on network TV. So, Well, you know, I mean, hey, that those were the days. Cheers was now, one of the big ones. Now you can get it any time of day. Yes. Lucky us. Handheld. What? No, no, I meant on your phone. Oh, your phone. okay. I'm like, what are we holding? <laughs> no, All right, no, when no, we... No. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> when we come back, we're heading back to Publationship Corner. Holly's going to give us an update on whoosh, whatever that is, right here on My Talk 1071. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on the My Talks 1071. And uh, we're doing all sorts of things <laughs> on uh, the radio, <laughs> social media, our YouTube channel. 
And uh, here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, I'm Bradley Trainer. That is Holly Roberts, along mm-hmm. with Grant. And today we're headed back. It's it's a publationship heavy day. The the celebrities uh, are kind of bored because they haven't been doing much lately. And so the only thing that they've got at their disposal is making up a bunch of lies about their fake relationships. So uh, we'll oblige them. This publationship is actually it was a publationship that led to our attention to this one person. The publationship is Woosh, which is a what, Holly? It's a Rebel Wilson and a Jacob P. Bush. But Jacob P. Bush, I haven't heard hide nor hair out of him in a uh, hot minute. But we sure have heard a lot about Rebel Wilson. What are we talking about today? Well, so this, Bradley, is an opportunity to talk about an interesting facet of a publationship. This is a post-publationship career launch this is what happens when you participate in a publicationship and and then it runs its course and then what do you do after well rebel wilson bradley is milking her new persona as as a lady who has gone on her fitness journey and who has loved love and is ready to find love anew because rebel wilson bradley she is putting her hat in the ring to be the next Australian bachelorette. Oh. Thinking about that, right? Okay, Rebel Wilson. Do, what? How do we know this? Well, because she said so in a new interview. Rebel Wilson looking hot and is newly single. Well, what else is she going to be doing in her career but position herself in the ultimate publationship machine, which is the Bachelor Nation franchise. So she sat down with Channel 10 down in Australia, and she said that she wants to represent more real-looking women on The Bachelorette. However, Rebel Wilson then had to throw in the celebrity flex, (laughs) because Channel 10 can't afford her $20 million fee. She said that. Oh, wait. So she's saying like she wants to be the next Bachelorette, but she's not going to be because they're not going to pay for her to do it. But But, she. Yeah, she's throwing it out there. She's putting it out into the universe. I see. I see. This is so calculated. It's disgusting. I'm horrified. And we love it. (laughs) And we love it. And we're here for it. And here's why. Because. Let's go on the journey quickly and briefly for the audience who maybe just showed up and is like, what What are you talking about, Rebel Wilson? So what if she wants? Let us just remember that Rebel Wilson embarked on something called the Year of Health. And this was now two years ago. Was it 2019 or 2020? I think it overlapped into both years. Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. No, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. It had to have. Uh, and then it culminated in this, um, you know, like, okay, this is a tabloid narrative let me explain that I'm not criticizing her specifically or her body or anything like that. I just have to make that caveat because sometimes you get... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. In these conversations and people don't appreciate the nuance. The thing is, there was this narrative that was pushed by, I don't know, her PR team or whatever, that she had this year of health. Well, other tabloids like the Daily Mail, they take that and run with it because it feeds this idea that women um, need to be uh, in order to be, well, now they'll say healthy, but uh, in the old days, they would have said skinny, Mm -hmm. right? Or like meet a checklist of beauty expectations. Yes. And once they did... Once they do, then they're allowed to be viewed as sexual or or desirable. desirable. Yes. Whereas Rebel Wilson used to be perceived as the quote, fat and funny friend. Yeah. In her roles in Hollywood, et cetera. Right. She literally played a character in the Pitch Perfect franchise that was called Fat Amy. And so she then clearly wanted to transition her career. And so has spent, you know, the good part of a a year and a half trying to transform who she is in the tabloids. Again, I'm not talking about her real person and her career um, did this change so that for the last God, I feel like it's been almost two years, but at least a year and a half of us talking about her year of health. Yes. Right. Because the year of health is over. It ended like six months ago, but we're still talking about it. Yeah, we're still talking about it. And then she was allowed, quote unquote, to get a boyfriend because, of course, she had lost a bunch of weight. So now she needs to be seen as a, um, you know, a woman that is desirable by men. And so Jacob P. Bush shows up out of nowhere. They are in all the tabloids, then break up, quote unquote, yeah, because we we weren't buying that. And now she's like, I'm single and ready to mingle. And so to your point... This whole idea that maybe she wants to be the next Australian bachelorette is just the icing on the cake or the it's the top of the roller coaster yeah. ride. Or at the very least, if she's not going to be cast as the Australian bachelorette, she's putting herself in public to be viewed in that way. She was like, my price is $20 million, so I don't think Channel 10 can afford it. But get this, Bradley, here's what she ends it with. Quote, I'm not going to expose myself publicly in that way for a low price. So she's high priced? I don't, what? Well, no, so she's going to expose herself intimately on platforms like Instagram where she can sell you gummies for a high price. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Jeez. Holly, just bringing the truth as per usual. Well, Rebel Wilson, we see you. Holly sees you and she raises you a gummy. Uh, but it's not the kind of gummy you're probably thinking of. When we come back, Lord and Lady D-Bags, celebrities behaving badly right here on My Talk 1071. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, and um, celebrities often behave like D-Bags, so we made a whole segment for them. It's called Lord and Lady D-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. What celebrity hath you behaving badly today, Holly? Oh, goodness. It is a D-bag bogo 
Inasmuch as it is a lord and lady douchebag. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's a publationship. I mean, look, this is what the celebrities are giving I'm us today. I'm telling you, it's a uh, publationship of Palooza to yeah. overuse a phrase that nobody uses. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> now, I think earlier this week, and it may just have been yesterday, uh, that, uh, yes, it was just yesterday, that Colleen named... Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, her D bags of the day. Oh, well, yes. it's a here they come again down down the hatch. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are my D bags of the day, because these guys, Bradley, are so ding dang thirsty. The latest uh, episode in their publicationship is that Courtney Kardashian gave Travis Barker a tattoo that says "I love you" on his arm, and that, like- it's not yeah. He gave her a tattoo? Well, she gave him a tattoo. Wait, Sorry, gave, excuse me. She So she tattooed him? Yeah, literally took the needle and tattooed on his arm. No. I love you. No. Does it look like she wrote it? Or is uh, it like, does it just look like scribbles? Can you see it? Yeah, you can see it. It's on, uh, I'm going to put this people.com link because conveniently like. they're the ones who publishes photographs. Oh, convenient, but it was an exclusive. Oh, it's only exclusive. Uh, it just says, I love you, in Kourtney Kardashian's handwriting. Now, you wouldn't really even notice it probably once it heals because Travis Barker is a man with many tattoos. I mean, he's literally, it looks like 90% of his body's tattooed. Yeah, he is covered in tattoos. But Kourtney Kardashian shared these photographs with the caption, I tattoo! No. No, I don't no. want that. No. I'm not letting my partner tattoo me. No. <laughs> and I'm not going to get a tattoo, even from a professional, that is in celebration of any of my relationships. Oh. Good, good call. No. Well, I, I'm fine with I love you, because there's no name attached, but I'm not doing your portrait. <laughs> We're not doing your name, your birth date, something that inevitably I'm going to have to scratch off my body and... Uh, sheer disgust yeah no special coordinates of your birth like angelina jolie yeah because you know you're gonna mix it up like that one lady who wanted to celebrate her trip to sedona but then she actually put the coordinates for someplace in the middle of the pacific ocean oh no oh no (laughs) because it's gonna we're all bradley all your relationships are gonna end up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Oh my God, Holly, it's so depressing. Hey, I'm so depressing. to warn you. Just a heads up, everything you do will end up in disaster and pain. <laughs> so don't memorialize it on your body, okay? <laughs> Nothing but tragedy. Uh, don't ever do anything permanent. No, I'm here for this particular uh, experience, like in the sense that don't ever get Just, love tattoos. But yeah. people do and people will because they're like, no, really, this time? I will tell you, I'm a little superstitious that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you carve something onto your body, the universe is going to be like, yeah, really? Watch this. Yeah, and then you're going to end up in the metaphorical middle of the Pacific Ocean. And no offense to anyone, and uh, you know, everybody gets tattoos for different reasons, but like there are certain things I just wouldn't tattoo because I don't want the universe to like prove me wrong. Yeah. Right? Look, do whatever you want. Don't listen to me. I'm just a boob talking into a mic. What do I know? (laughs) Not a lot. lot. You know a lot. (laughs) I was going to say, Holly, you know a lot more than most people I know. So give yourself some credit. But I don't have tattoos. So in this realm, (laughs) I am. Hey, look, I didn't get my first tattoo until I was, 
I don't even remember how old I was. 35, 36? Yeah. Something. Well, so. You know, there is always the plan B of getting a small tattoo right directly in the middle of my behind. And then over the course of time, in it would be... In the middle of your yeah, behind? Yeah, just like right in the middle. And I don't know what I mean, it is. I mean, there's something there already. Yeah. Well, you know, in a cheek. In the oh, middle the of middle a of a cheek. Okay, yeah, all right. Not down in the crevice. Ouch. Okay, good. And I'm sure people have done that before. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's like a, you know, like they do the... Okay. Yeah, I know you get, what you're talking you, about, Bradley. Yeah, you get a little small Bugs Bunny. And here's the thing. It would be like a shrinky dink over the course of decades. And slowly the Bugs Bunny will reveal well, itself. Well, I was going to say, that's not a sh- that's the opposite of a shrinky dink. Yeah, but that's what I... Well, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's a shrinky... Well, what are the things that you put yeah, in the no, oven the shrinky back dink in the day? Gets, gets shrinky. Oh, okay. Well, it's it the opposite. It doesn't get bigger. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. <laughs> so you won't be able to find out what it is until maybe about 30 years from now. I like that. So where you're like, just sitting here waiting. What's <laughs> yeah. that going to be? It's a slow reveal. I... <laughs> yeah. Nope. Still don't know what it means. Then I'm going to put it on TikTok. Well, who's your D-bag, Brad? Thank you. I told, or, or you you uh, said publationship, right? Yeah. Courtney and Travis do, Kravis. Isn't that what they're called? Kravis? Sure. Um, well, I have a publationship too, but mine is like publationship megalodon. Benefer, wait, I got to do this right. Benefer Rodanifer. Benefer Rodanifer. Who is involved in that? Okay, so half of it's Benefer, which is Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Uh-huh. And then the second half of that is A-Rod. Actually, there's a three. Oh, there's so many parts. Benefer Rodanifer, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, Ana de Armas, and Jennifer Garner. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it's like the Megazord of Poblationships. Yes. They have all combined to create one. Megazord. One big Ultron, ultra, ultra, whatever. It's it's a big, fat Poblationship experience. So what's going on with those kids? Well, here's the thing. It's really just that that big, giant um, amoeba of Poblationshipism that deserves to be crazy, stupid, or... Um, D-bag today because now that Ben and Jennifer in headlines, that is Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, you've got all of their ancillary relationships, their previous relationships in headlines. So like it's like catnip for celebrity relationships because there have been headlines left and right about Alex Rodriguez, how he's dealing with this particular publicationship, mm. what he's doing in his life. You've got Anna de Armas. There was a whole spread in the Daily Mail. Anna de Armas shows off her toned abs in a blue crop top as she scrolls through her phone in Mallorca amid Ben Affleck's reunion with J-Lo. Like... What? Why do I what? care what she's doing vis-a-vis Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez? Well, we don't. She's literally just standing on a balcony looking at her phone, and the Daily Mail has created an entire narrative about it. Not only that, so we've got Anna DeArmas, we've also got Jennifer Garner, and Us Magazine has a whole piece about Jennifer Garner and John Miller. Remember, John Miller is the guy that she got back together with that we learned about five seconds after Ben Affleck got back together with Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Garner was like, hey, I'm getting back together with my ex, too. Look at this guy. Yeah. And it's John Miller. And they're determined this time to make their relationship work. It's like, no, no, look at me. Look at me over here. Look at me. Yeah, well, and then remember, in the positioning of putting Jennifer Garner back together with John Miller, the hamburger guy, 
they're framing that relationship of, well, they're going to try to make it work because it's all about love. Meanwhile, Ben Affleck and J-Lo are like, we're going to... We're just going to get to sex. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because Jennifer Garner is like a mom who does mom things, and she's stable. Yeah. And and Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are just horny and doing horny things. That's right. they're sexy and horny. Yeah. (laughs) And then poor Ana de Armas is like, I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, just with a male companion on an outing. According to the Daily Mail. Oh, it's so sad. It's just like, but it's 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 like a disease. And it's a guy <laughs> that kind of looks like Ben Affleck a little Does bit. Is it really? I yeah, didn't see the guy. Where is the this guy? He's even wearing the same kind of sweatshirt that Ben Affleck used to like to wear on their beverage walks in Venice Beach. Wait, that is a picture of Ben Affleck, isn't it? No. See? Okay, hold on. A male companion. Oh, okay, I see, I see. He's also wearing like, I don't know, like an outfit from like the early 2000s. He's wearing one of those sweatshirts, man. They're trendy. Is that like vintage now? No. Oh. It's supposed to look vintage. Okay. But but you pay like $200 for it. Anyway. It's cool like that. It's kind of, and I'm not blaming the individual celebrities per no. se. I think there is just this tab, big, big tabloid, if you will, the tabloid industrial complex. Yes. Has spots to fill. And because Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, uh, Jennifer Lopez, or see, I can't. There's too many names. He makes it so hard. Well, well, because Benefer 3.0, and I say Benefer 3.0 because Benefer 1.0 was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Benefer 2.0 was Benefer Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Now Benefer 3.0 is back to the original Benefer 1.0. Exactly. Thank you, math. That's because it's a really compelling narrative. People who aren't interested in goth celebrity gossip are actually talking about yes, this piece I know. of celebrity. They're at my gym. Yes, it has broken through the celebrity gossip space-time continuum. You know, the, the only thing recently uh, that has done that other than this story is Britney Spears. That's the only other story that has broke. I shouldn't say the only story, but to the extent that I hear people talk about it in places like the gym. Yeah. Uh, because it's really the only other place I go, and I'm not hanging out grocery stores long enough to hear people's conversations. <laughs> yeah, or people who aren't tapped into social media, because I've got a whole group of historical friendships. They don't go on social media. They're not on it. And oh God, what must that be like? I have no idea. I bet it's quiet. Very. <laughs> but they even talk to me about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. And what do they say? They're like, can you believe it? And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. You're like, actually, I can. And here's why it's all totally predictable and was predicted in the year 2009. And uh, And then they slowly walk away from me or make me leave the group chat. Exactly. They're like, yeah, I just was talking about how it was kind of fun that they were together again. Because one time I had sex with my ex uh, like 10 years after we were together and it was really hot. But then um, I... I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. Jennifer Lopez is so relatable. So I totally understand (laughs) it. Anyway, so Bradley, I feel like this Megazord publicationship tabloid monstrosity is going to be with us for quite some time. Yes. Pretty soon their children will be having publicationships. And we'll still be here (laughs) talking about it. Yep. Hey, (laughs) speaking of things we're still talking about, we are going to go back to a story we started this show with. And that is Ellen... And her announcement that her show is ending after 19 seasons. This time, we're going to talk a little bit about the conversation she had on today's show with none other than Oprah Winfrey. 
and uh, the guru that she uh, serves as in the life of Ellen and beyond. We'll talk about it when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. All right, so we have to go back to our conversation that we began the show with today, and that's the news that Ellen will be ending her show after 19 seasons. That was big news yesterday, and we've talked about Ellen for a while here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I mean, as long as we've been around. And um, Holly, we thought it was a good idea to go back to this conversation because in on her show today, she made the announcement, but then she had a special guest by the name of none other than Oprah. Oprah. And of course, um, we've got some things to say about it. So like, why not just talk about it? Yeah. So like, we're gonna. Yeah. Um, Oprah came on to... I don't know. I think whenever you have Oprah on, there's an expectation that something meaningful and deep is going to occur, right? Because Oprah's so good at, like, having some thoughtful, meaningful conversations. Yeah, I feel like Oprah kind of has become somewhat of an emotional translator. Yes. When you want to translate your emotions in the public space, you get Oprah on the horn and you say... I would like to have a conversation with you so you can help me process my feelings in public. Did you get a chance to watch this conversation? Yes, I did. Did you have any um, initial responses or takeaways to Oprah and Ellen's conversation about Ellen leaving after 19 seasons amidst a certain amount of controversy? Well, I understand why Ellen reached out to Oprah to have a conversation about this, because they occupy similar spaces in the pop culture sphere, being that they were women who had very prolific daytime television shows that eventually came to an end. So it was like, okay, well, let's get some perspective or let's have a a little debrief with Oprah because she has been through this process in the past. Yeah. So So respected Ellen's choice to have that conversation with Oprah. However, ultimately, the conversation didn't really accomplish much of anything. How so? In as much as it, I just didn't feel like Ellen and Oprah got to anything particularly meaningful in their conversation. I will say that's absolutely true, and I don't know why I expected it. I think it's because we do have this expectation now that when Oprah shows up, like there's going to be a thoughtful conversation. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we have you know criticized. Um, well, I shouldn't say yes uh, when when she had that conversation with Megan and Harry, it really helped us understand where Harry and Megan were coming from, right? Right. Even though there are big chunks of their personal narrative that can seem totally unrelatable to people, like, you know, incredible privilege, incredible resources, all of that stuff that can sort of make people go, well, I I can't relate to any of that. I've never had a crown on my head, right? Mm -hmm. Oprah has this wonderful way of sort of boiling things down on a human level that makes you go, oh, I can understand why this person would be upset about this or why this person was frustrated about that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so it has a humanizing effect, right? Yes, right. To your point, I did not have that feeling when I watched, and I think I'm just so predisposed to think of Oprah having these magical powers, um, and they're not really magical powers. She's just really good at what she does. Yes. But um i didn't feel that way with ellen and i think it has far more to do with ellen than it does oprah agreed i just don't think ellen is comfortable in that conversation about looking inside of herself and it was clear after 30 minutes of her interview with uh savannah guthrie that there wasn't a ton despite what she says about going to therapy a a ton of self-reflection 
Yes, or at least self-reflection that Ellen is willing to share publicly. Yeah, because yeah, perhaps, exactly. You know, perhaps that's just not where she finds herself to be in a comfort zone. You know, the, yeah, one of the which things, is fair, yeah, which is fair, yeah. which is totally fair. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating, and we were talking about Ellen having these conversations with Savannah Guthrie and Oprah about her ending her talk show. One of the things I found really fascinating about Ellen, going back to Savannah quickly before we get back to Oprah, is that Ellen was the most, mm, I felt, uh, her authentic self when she was being dry with her humor Mm -hmm. and being in that self-deprecation mode and that she wasn't being necessarily, quote unquote, kind. It was when she was kind of dry and a little bit, um, I don't know the right word to describe it. Salty? (laughs) Salty. No, but I felt like I was like, well, there's a real Ellen. And guess what? She's darn funny. Well, because Savannah's like, so would you use that be kind slogan with your show ever again? And she's like, no, if I were doing it over. And and Savannah was like, well, what would you, you know, what would your slogan be? And she said, I think something to the effect of go bleep yourself. Yeah, or bleep off. Bleep off. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, that was hilarious to me because because I think the lesson she was communicating was, you know, when you say you're the be kind person, you always have to be the be kind person. Yeah. And your brand is always be kind, which is just not achievable for most people all the time because we're complicated human beings, right? Right. We're existing in the moment. In that moment, circumstances can change and you will react differently to whatever is happening in front of you. And sometimes it's kindness. Sometimes it's not. So back to the conversation with Oprah. Yes. Didn't seem like it paid off in the way we were expecting or thought. I mean, I, I just I walked away from that conversation less enlightened than perhaps I was by the conversation she had with with Savannah Guthrie. And I thought that Ellen was going to have the conversation that she had with Savannah Guthrie with Oprah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like that because the Oprah conversation was about six or seven minutes. Oprah sitting in one of her houses and doing a Zoom call with Ellen. I actually learned a lot more about Oprah in that conversation because the thing I was fascinated about Oprah is like she is like been living in a bubble uh, because of COVID. I mean, we all have. Right. But right. she talked about like how she like has not gone out very much and is like super, super careful um, and then she like went to Target. Like I just had all these questions about like what Oprah's doing in my head. Yeah. That because we didn't get any sense of what life has really been like for Ellen. We just got this like aggrieved. Um, and 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 I'm going back to the conversation with Savannah, but um, the conversation that Ellen had with Oprah didn't enlighten me to Ellen at all. And I feel like isn't that what? But- you were maybe that wasn't the expectation, but to me, if you have Oprah on after a big announcement, it's to talk through that announcement. Yeah, and, and I, this just seemed very much like two very successful women comparing notes. Like Oprah gave a lot of her experiences from when she decided to end her show. Yeah, yeah, and, and she was actually talking about the way that she ran that, the way that she ended her show, where she was talking about how she let employees know, and she, she, Oprah, Oprah was the one who actually went into a little bit of conversation about what it means to be the head of a talk show like that, where you are responsible for hundreds of employees' livelihoods and the responsibility and the weight of that. So Oprah was the one who actually gave credence to the actual issue that was happening, which was the workplace circumstances of the Ellen DeGeneres show. 
where Ellen barely even touched it. Yeah. I learned more about the Oprah Winfrey yes, show and how yes, that thing closed exactly. down. Exactly. <sighs> Gosh, opinions are hard. Really? We just have so many of them. Guess what? We've got more because when we come back, we are going to talk about there is a controversy swirling around Chrissy Teigen and Courtney Stodden, of all people. And we're going to tell you all about that and a lot more in the third and final hour of Thursday's Colleen and Bradley show right here on My Talk 1071. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, bike plus or tread. Choose from a variety of accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked-out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.